88K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Steve Dunthorne. The headlines. The government makes a fresh appeal for demonstrators at Polytechnic University to surrender. The chief secretary says he wants rioters to cooperate in ensuring the district council elections go ahead. And there's anger from local and Beijing officials as US senators approve a Hong Kong Human Rights Act. The government says police are working to resolve the siege at Polytechnic University in a peaceful manner by appealing to the remaining protesters to, to surrender. Protesters and police have been locked in a standoff since Sunday when clashes escalated with part of the campus in Hong Kong and facilities at the Cross Harbour Tunnel set on fire. The Secretary for Security, John Lee, says efforts are underway to reopen the tunnel and streets near the campus. He says about 900 protesters have turned themselves in, of whom 300 are under the age of 18. We have around 800 to 900 people who are willing to surrender. So we keep working on that. For those who uh, still hasn't made up their mind to come out to surrender, then of course we will continue to persuade them through all sorts of means. And I think uh, society's effort collectively will help. And it is important, I think, that the right message is given to them that whatever their self-proclaimed purpose is, if their act contravenes the law, then everybody has to take up the responsibility. Outside Polytechnic University, the situation is quiet, with some clothes, snacks and drinks placed on the ground for any protesters who emerge. Four riot police are checking people's identities and searching their bags before letting them pass the cordon. Many people are wearing masks after multiple rounds of tear gas were used in the area. A number of shops are closed. The Chief Secretary, Matthew Cheung, has called for cooperation from people he calls violent protesters to ensure this Sunday's district council elections can go ahead. He says the government is extremely keen to see safe and fair polls. He urged people not to block roads or start fires. Much depends on the cooperation of violent protesters. It takes two to tangle. No matter how committed we are, to, to maintain law and order, it really counts on whether to cooperate. If they start vandalising, start violence, start arsoning in, in many places, blocking the roads, stopping traffic, very difficult for people to go to election and feeling unsafe, then it's really ruining this election. The government has expressed deep regret over the passing of legislation by the US Senate that supports human rights and democracy in Hong Kong and threatens to revoke its special treatment by Washington. Calling the move unnecessary and unwarranted, the government said Hong Kong had a high degree of autonomy with people's human rights and freedoms fully protected. Beijing also threatened strong countermeasures. Foreign Ministry spokesman Geng Shuang said the act's purpose was to support extremists who were trying to mess up Hong Kong to hinder China's development. The Secretary for Commerce and Economic Development, Edward Yao, said the passing of the legislation could add fuel to the fire of protests here. Passage of such sort of legislative attempt would also stand a chance of sending a wrong signal to the situation in Hong Kong. Because I don't want people to mistaken that as a sort of a uh, unwarranted uh, foreign intervention, uh, sort of adding fuel to fight in the sort of right situation in Hong Kong. Certainly, I don't see there's any any possible way to de-escalate the situation that we are we're having. So I would urge people from sort of a reframing from sort of a, a meddling with the already delicate situation in Hong Kong. 
The Hong Kong Human Rights and Democracy Act also mandates sanctions on mainland and Hong Kong officials who carry out human rights abuses. Speaking in the debate, the senior Democrat on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, Senator Bob Menendez, said the siege at Polytechnic University this week added urgency to the legislation. Six months ago, millions of Hong Kong citizens took to the streets to peacefully protest the erosion of their democracy and their rights. Now, a half a year later, we find mounting anger and unrest with the violence against students and protesters, most dramatically in the crackdown in Hong Kong's Polytech University, only getting worse. People are being shot. Universities are being burned. The violence perpetrated by the authorities in Hong Kong and by extension Beijing are turning the city into a battlefield. This is not the Hong Kong that any of us want to see. U.S. lawmakers also approved a measure to ban the sale of tear gas, rubber bullets and other equipment to Hong Kong. The chambers will now try to reconcile the two bills into a single measure to pass Congress and go to President Trump for his signature. A man and a woman have been charged with disorderly conduct in public in connection with the case of a man being set on fire in Man Shan last week. The two are to appear in Eastern Court. Police say they were arrested on Monday, the woman near the airport and the man in Wan Chai. Police say the injured man appeared to have inflammable liquid poured on him. The 57-year-old is still in a critical condition. Anti-government protesters have disrupted transport across Hong Kong by blocking train doors and vandalising MTR station facilities. The MTR Corporation reported delays this morning on its Kwantong, Island, Chunwan, East and West Rail lines and the closure of stations including Hong Hom, University, Tinchewai and Yunlong. Classes at local primary, secondary and some special schools resumed this morning after being suspended for almost a week. In Kwantong, some pupils in uniform and masks occupied Hipwo Street and set up barricades to block traffic. There were minor scuffles with unhappy residents. Riot police later arrived to clear the scene. A deputy director of the Basic Law Committee has played down concerns that Beijing is undermining Hong Kong's judicial independence by criticising the High Court for ruling the ban on masks at protests unconstitutional. Maria Tam also said the assertion that only China's top legislative body can judge whether any Hong Kong law is constitutional or not would not affect the judicial review powers of courts here because these are enshrined in Article 158 of the Basic Law. Actually, it doesn't affect our judicial review power whatsoever because we do have a right uh, under Article 158 to exercise. The Legislative Council meeting has resumed after an earlier suspension of about an hour following an argument between pro-government and pro-democracy legislators over the wording of a question. The LegCo president, Andrew Leung, said he would skip a question from the Democrat, Ted Hoi, who said anti-extradition to China instead of anti-extradition, as stated in his written question. This triggered an uproar from the pan-Democrats, with Democratic Party lawmaker James Toe ordered to leave. Turning overseas, a senior US security advisor has accused President Trump of acting improperly by pressing Ukraine to investigate his political rival, Joe Biden. The official, Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman, told the impeachment inquiry into Mr Trump he'd been so concerned about what the president had said in a phone call with his Ukrainian counterpart that he told a US intelligence official. In his opening statement of the second session, the top Republican on the committee, Devin Nunes, criticised the impeachment hearings. These hearings are not designed to uncover new information. 
They're meant to showcase a hand-picked group of witnesses who the Democrats determined through their secret audition process will provide testimony most conductive and conducive to their accusations. Two prison guards who were on duty on the night that the American convicted sex offender Jeffrey Epstein took his own life in August have been charged with falsifying records. Here's the BBC's Nick Bryant. Jeffrey Epstein's body was found in one of the most heavily protected jailhouses in America, a correctional facility in the heart of Lower Manhattan where he'd been housed in a special unit because of a previous attempt to take his life. His cell should have been monitored once every 30 minutes, but two guards have been charged with repeatedly failing to carry out those mandatory checks Tova Noel and Michael Thomas have been charged with conspiring to make up false records to hide their dereliction. The two guards had evidently spent the night surfing the internet, just 15 feet from Epstein's cell. Shinzo Abe has become Japan's longest-serving Prime Minister, breaking a record that stood for more than 100 years. He first came to power in 2006 but was forced to resign a year later and came back to power in 2012. He's credited with strengthening Japan's economy. Here's the BBC's Mariko Oi. The landmark economic policies known as Abenomics were introduced seven years ago and there were three arrows, bold monetary easing, fiscal spending and structural reforms. Part of that structural reforms, for example, was to increase the number of female managers. It's not met the target, but at least it's encouraging Japanese companies to change. And despite years of fiscal spending and ultra-loose monetary policy, inflation has yet to reach the central bank's target of 2%. The rights group Amnesty International says it's been able to confirm that 106 people have died in Iran during five days of protests. But it believes the real number is much higher. Some reports suggest as many as 200 have died. Video material appears to show security forces shooting at demonstrators. Unrest broke out following a sharp rise in petrol prices. The BBC's Rana Rahimpour says with the internet down, getting information out of Iran has become increasingly difficult. The country has been under a blackout for nearly four days now. Even landlines are difficult to get hold of, so we think that they're probably blocking any phone calls out of Iran. And the way we are trying to make a picture out of what's going on is to see which schools in which cities are shut down. Chile's police say they stopped using birdshot during street protests amid an outcry over eye injuries suffered by more than 200 demonstrators. Police say the pallets are made of rubber by the university study found 80% of the pallet was made from hard substances, including lead. Human rights groups say the number of injured people exceeds victims in other protest zones, including Hong Kong. The leaders of Britain's two main political parties have clashed repeatedly over Brexit and austerity in the first televised debate of the campaign for next month's general election. The Conservative Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, promised to leave the EU by the end of January. The opposition Labour Party leader, Jeremy Corbyn, accused him of preparing to sell out the National Health Service to the United States and drug companies. Full market access for US products to our National Health Service. You're going to sell our National Health Service out to the United States and Big Pharma. This is, this is an absolute... It is an absolute invention. It is completely untrue. There are no circumstances, whatever, in which this government or any Conservative government will put the NHS on the table in any trade negotiation. Markets now. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 26,931, 164 points down on the previous close. Turnover was at $32 billion. 
Currency is the US dollar is trading at 108.45 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar 10 cents. The pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 10 cents. Now sport, here's Atom. Hong Kong's men's rugby sevens team have departed for South Korea with high hopes of making the Olympics. Nine teams have signed up for the challenge to become the only Asian side to join the host Japan in Tokyo 2020. That honor goes to the winner of this weekend's qualifying tournament in Incheon. Hong Kong have 14 players traveling. Six of them took part in the previous Olympic bid when they fell at the final hurdle against Japan four years ago. Coach Paul John has been explaining his thought process when choosing his players. We just got to look at what type of rugby that we want to play. Um, we obviously need a lot of threat on the field. Players who are capable of beating other players and players who are, who are playing under pressure. And also mixed in with that, you need people who can carry the ball really, really well in a very physical and a contact area. We need people who can chase kickoffs. We need people who can uh, win kickoffs um, by sort of chasing and, and people who are good on the floor by winning 50-50s. We need people who can kick off really well. We need people who can just play under pressure and just sort of um, play what's in front of them and sort of just, just sort of play and, uh, and be able to perform under a little bit of pressure. And we've got a, quite a few people who are showing signs of doing that in the Asian series, so then it's a balance then. But trying to get a, a sort of biggest threats on the field and the boys who can last 14 minutes, which is a mix as well. So you need players who can last the whole game five times in a weekend. And then you've got to look at players who can come on and change the momentum of the game. Six months after leading his team to the final in football's European Champions League, Maurizio Pochettino has lost his job as manager of Tottenham Hotspur. The Argentine leaves after five and a half years in charge and no silverware, and with Spurs currently 14th in the English Premier League table. The BBC's Ian Dennis says the sacking was a difficult decision that the club had to make. Well, in the uh, in the statement, the club uh, this evening issuing a statement that Pochettino and his coaching staff have all been relieved of their duties. Chairman Daniel Levy said we are were extremely reluctant to make this change. It's not a decision that the board has taken lightly, nor in haste. Regrettably, domestic results at the end of last season and the beginning of this season have been extremely disappointing. It falls to the board to make the difficult decisions. This one made more so given the many memorable moments that we've had with Maurizio and his coaching staff but we do so in the club's best interests and the club finished this statement by saying they shall provide an update on the new coaching staff in due course. Wales are the latest team to book their place in Euro 2020. Aaron Ramsey scored both goals in a 2-0 victory over Hungary in Cardiff. Wales are second in Group E behind Croatia and that's your look at sports. To end the news, the top story again. The government makes a fresh appeal for demonstrators at Polytechnic University to surrender. The news from RTHK. And yet another crash landed. I need a little understanding. Don't feel a home on this planet. But I'll be looking so candid. Straight back to earth, I changed my orbit now I got some issues I need to iron out People throwing stones but I'm building castles Least I'm giving the people something to chat about It's intergalactic, I can see through the static Then we breathe in the fumes, fill the oceans with plastic Then we fill up with junk food and ruin the classics But look at me, I'm just so f***ing 
contractor said, excuse me, miss, I gotta fly back home. I left my spaceship in a permit-only zone. And when I get lost, I need to get away. And when I try to swerve, I make the same mistakes. And yet another crash landed. Deadlines on this occasion, I could just whisk you away. I called my station for help, but they had nothing to say. I said, Excuse me, miss, I gotta fly back home. I left my spaceship in an old parking zone. And when I get lost, I need to get away. And when I try to swerve, I make the same mistake. And yet another crash landed. And welcome to the 123 show with me, Sadia Osmani. Thanks to Phil for the morning brew. And on the show today, a new feature called Communication Matters. Joining me in the studio every Wednesday at 1.30 will be Cecilia Louis, founder and director of Ilia Connect. She'll be looking at some key communication skills that can help us all in our professional and personal life. And today we talk about the qualities needed to be a good leader. After 2 p.m., my guest is Sarah Carlton, committee member of SOCO, a Hong Kong charity that helps people living below the poverty line. They have an exciting festive Christmas carol event planned to raise funds just around the corner. And we'll give you all the information about that just after, just about after two o'clock. And then we catch up after 2.30 with an update from one of the beneficiaries of Operation Santa Claus. It's chicken, this chicken soup foundation. So that's all coming up and obviously some great music. Here's Jack Perry and Dime. (laughs) 